You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Hello everyone, I'm Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs, and you are listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. It's a rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture, and I am live from Las Vegas. On today's show, I'm talking about kittens, big news in the vet business, and anal sacs. Oh my goodness. So stay right there. We'll be right back. Let's bring on the host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hello, hello, hello. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. In case you didn't culture. get it the first time, <laughs> we did it twice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vegas Rock Dog I Radio. The we got a little issue going on there. <laughs> you see, it's going to be that kind of show. But welcome to the show this morning. How's everyone doing? It's uh, it's uh, another another episode of Vegas Rock Dog Radio. I've got tons and tons and tons of things to talk about today, and I'm sure you'll find them all very interesting and informative. Like I said, I'm talking about kittens, big news in the vet business anal sacs i don't even think we've even talked about them i can't believe we haven't talked about them can you we've talked about i'm disturbed about that topic oh <laughs> so, yeah it's uh, gross but and i'm trying to, to fix a technical thing so that's why i'm a little distracted right that's now. that's okay so. jim that's cool that's jim my husband he's good he's, morning he's uh, my produ- or afternoon my, everyone my producer and uh, my co-host today are miss galaxy miss thornton and mr twix they're in studio Galaxy's been snoring her head off, so you you might hear that in the background. Uh, she's in recovery right now. She's just had an operation to have something removed from her neck, a very odd place to have something removed. And um, it's one of those places that, I mean, she's got 12 stitches. It's, it was pretty big. And um, it's just one of those places that if you, she stretches in the morning, it pulls on it a little bit. So um, I've been following her around like um, like I'm totally paranoid, which I am most of the time anyway with the dogs. But uh, just to make sure that she stays nice and calm and, and it's not working. <laughs> so um, I do have to say a big thank you to our vet. And um, our actual main vet is in... In Africa right now. She's working with animals out in Africa. And uh, the other vet we see is, and that is Dr. Stefanato's uh, holistic vet here in town. And her partner is uh, Dr. Tillman. And um, we we love them equally. They've been wonderful and truly, truly looked after my girl very, very well. And uh, they both have a really lovely demeanor with pets. I mean, a really lovely way of being with them and it's wonderful and um it's also very calming because sometimes you just can get a bit hysterical when you're worrying and blowing things out of proportion in your head which i did last week and when i got in that i'd been holding it in and i just started crying in in the (laughs) vet's office and what's the lovely uh vet tech girl at the front desk what's her name it is um because you said ariel she's still work there i don't know i haven't seen her she's very good as well Oh, Leandra. Leandra, wonderful girl. So I start crying. Nice, really nice I start girl. crying and there's a load of people there and she just says, you know, you need a hug. I'm really good at hugs. So <laughs> so uh, uh, I did and I cried a bit more. So um, uh, so I was really, really um, <laughs> kind of relieved after I cried a little bit. But I think everyone can relate to that. It's very stressful when there's anything going on with your pets and, and there's a tendency to kind of blow things up in your mind a little bit. And, and the stress got the better of me. So, um, they did take great care of her. She's doing very, very well. The, the, the was, teachers were weeping the first day. So that kind of made me a bit nervous. Uh, but the vet was not concerned. She'd just keep it dry. Don't try and clean it or anything like that. Just keep it nice and dry. Try and keep her nice and calm. And today there's a big difference, isn't the gym with how, how, how she's feeling. So I'm very, very happy about that. And of course that, that uh, lump is going to be biopsied and, um, I'm sure we're going to have a great result from that. So I'm thrilled. But we did make some very, some pretty big changes as far as diet, didn't we, Jim? 
We sure did. Made a big flips. A big what? <laughs> Jim, you just, Jim just did his own flub oh, today. It's coming from, from your flub dubs. <laughs> you um, know, I was putting together. Teeth aren't working. Must be the vitamins. I've put in together this week uh, my flub show. Well, it's kind of, it's not just flubs. It's flubs and it's uh, some snippets from the show. Some are very funny. Some I'm having a bit of a rant because um, we're going to put that out as a promo. And it'll be be fun to to uh, get that out there finally. Um, yeah, as far as diet goes, we we are now uh, a partial raw. We were a dehydrated diet with a lot of supplementation. So, um, what are the greens called? Green greens vibrance. Green vibrance. V i b r a n c e vibrance. Not yeah, vibrant. There's a lot of sussing going on on the mic today. I know. Which is the bane of uh, broadcasting. It is, isn't it? Um, so, and, and of, of course, all this recommended by our veterinarian. And a lot of it is just the research that, that we do, which is all the time. And we uh, we love to go to our vet and say, what about this? We've read about that. And she loves a question. She loves pet parents that are really vest- invested in their pet's health. So we add that and we do golden paste as well. We, I make my own. I'm really into making everything for my pets if I can. I really, do you know what? It makes me feel good that I'm doing, you know, good for them. I know I don't cook for us, but it's okay. At all. It's all right. Neither do you, Mr. Jim. I just eat an egg or, <laughs> or a cereal. <laughs> Or an apple. <laughs> so yeah, so we have some supplementation, and this week I made, and it's still still in the crock pot, but it's uh, I'm making bone broth. And if you've never made that before, it's just uh, superfood. You know, basically once you've made it, it's, it's packed with nutrients. It's very very good for your pets. It's also good for for any kind of pets that come in, you know, out of surgery or not feeling well. Um, they'll probably they'll probably want to drink that. You know, even if they don't have much of an appetite, cause it's so tasty. And and how I did my organic chicken in the slow and the slow cooker, um, we actually used alkaline water, but you should definitely use filtered if anything. And you're going to cover the top of that of that that chicken, and you're going to add a couple of teaspoons of apple cider vinegar because that actually leaches out everything out of the actual bones. And after about four hours, that skin's all loose and gross. You know, my mom used to put vinegar in her chicken soup and it made it taste better. There you go. She must have known something, Jim. An old Slovenian old Slo- secret. I was going to say, it's a Slovenian cooking mm-hmm. secret. Um, and so what happens is that skin becomes very, very loose and you're going to you actually discard that. You get rid of it and you discard it. Then once the meat is fully cooked, you can remove the meat and of course you can feed that to your dogs. And then you're going to leave everything else uh, that's in left of the, the, the chicken in the in the broth. Sometimes you've got to add more water. And uh, mine's been going for almost 36 hours. And sometimes you just don't think that the bones are going to disintegrate. But they do. Now, some people will actually uh, blend it up. You know, whatever bones are left will blend them up. Whatever you do, never, ever, 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 ever give cooked bones to your pets. Ever. You have to grind them into a mash. Uh, not a mash. It, you um, have to do. Yeah, you, you need something that will grind them into liquid. Basically, it will really pull them. Is that what you them. did? No, I haven't got to that point yet. Oh. But you know, you don't want any. It's been cooking for two and a half days. Yeah, it has. It has. But what I'm going to do? I say most of mine is broken down anyway, so I'm just going to thoroughly strain mine, and then they'll get uh, put in jars in the fridge. Some I'm going to freeze because I made quite a bit. My dogs absolutely love it. They lick their little chops. And they've been following me around for, for two and a half days because the whole house smells like chicken. <laughs> and so every time I walk in the kitchen for a drink, they're like, oh, ooh, are we having that chicken yet? And uh, it's, <laughs> it's not been the case yet. Little stalkers. Yeah. So they'll, they, yeah. I love to do th- I love to do that for my pets. I love to give them the best I possibly can. So this big move that we made, and she's not that big. We, we, when we were doing a dehydrated food. Um, the Honest Kitchen. Then we went to the base mix and the base mix allows you to start bringing in your raw proteins. And so that's a really easy transition into raw. And if you want to go that 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 direction, it's very, very easy. For those of you who are freaked out by that, if I those had a long f- conversation with the vet about it and uh, the dogs do- aren't susceptible to salmonella poisoning like humans are. So no, that's, that's right. part of the reason why when they get raw meat, they get vitamin C naturally through the meat. Yeah, very. It gets cooked out. She was excited, wasn't she? When we said, you know, we're ready to do the, you know, to do the move, and we've done a little bit of, you know, raw stuff in the past. But we really, um, 
you know, focused on it. And then eventually I think we're going to go full on raw. If you want to, if you've got questions about going raw. I thought raw, we're going full on raw. That's not full on. We're using a base mix. Well, what else are you going to do? A full on would be, instead raw of a base veg. mix, then I would, yeah, prepare mm. the vegetables and fruits and stuff well, like that. Well, you know, that. the... Um, and, the and what's, what's kind of reassuring, too, is, and I learned this at the grocery store the other day when I was buying some of our raw turkey that we've been giving. And uh, the USDA uh, requires poultry to be antibiotic and hormone-free in production now. Really? Yeah, that's what the butcher told me. Well, I'm not so sure about that, because if you look at the packaging, why does it say on a certain packaging it will say antibiotic and hormone-free, if have, it's all antibiotic well, and hormone-free. I'll have free. to research it when I get my iPad back from you, but I think... I'm definitely one of those people that I don't believe we'll everything do, I just we'll read. We'll have to do a double check, <laughs> yeah. but the butcher said that the industry, the poultry industry is hormone-antibiotic-free. Now, that mm. doesn't mean cage-free or free-range or what the diet, you know, whether it's a protein, animal-based diet or a vegetarian diet that they get fed, but... Um, what do you mean a vegetarian diet? The The actual turkeys and... Chicka chickens and all that. Oh, you mean what the actual animals get fed? Yeah. yeah. You do have to do some digging. You really do. It's uh, Just don't take everything on face value. For example, Ringling Brothers. Oh, this week they've retired the elephants. This is amazing. Blah, blah, blah. No, they didn't. They actually sent them to their own compound where they're actually going to be doing animal testing on them for cancer. So they're not retiring. So um, I, I can't stand when the whole picture is not out there. It makes me crazy. I really don't like that. But that's why you listen to this show, because I do the homework and I, I find out the sources and see what's legitimate and what's not. And uh, it takes a lot sometimes to make sure you have that information. But that's important for us that we do that for you. So we had um, quite a nice night. Actually, you know, before I even get going, I should really tell people where you can find the show um, on the internet, social media, all that good stuff. The spiel. Yeah, the spiel. Our main website is VegasRockDogRadio.com. That's the hub of the show. That's where you can listen to the show and you can listen to archive shows. And then what will happen after this show, this is what we're doing every week, we will then replay this show for 24 hours and it'll be on the listen live button which makes it really easy for you to to just tune in if you miss the show at 10 a.m or if you're one of our fabulous listeners in another country england ireland australia germany i think we had someone listening from uh was it russia or something like that or maybe that was someone visiting my blog but no they were not trying to hack into my show The Rus- well, if they were, they'd the find a lot al- of good stuff. The Russians already listen, anyhow. <laughs> the Russians love the show. I wonder how they are with their pets. I've never really looked into it. You know, are, are they? You know, are they like we are when we're we're? They invented the Siberian Husky, so they must be all right. Well, they must be all right, exactly. Especially if you love the Siberian Husky. Um, so <laughs> I don't know how we got to that point, but uh, yeah, that's the website. Uh, you'll find us periodically pop up on Periscope. Of course, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, Instagram. And uh, we have a great blog. It's called therockandrolldog.com. And uh, that's where I will tell you who's coming on the show, who's been on the show. And uh, I usually do reviews and a lot of giveaways, very honest reviews. I do get sent um, a lot of opportunities to review uh, products. And some of them, I won't even give them the time of day because uh, I just know they're not a good product. And I, why waste your time putting that out there? Um you know, it's, it's like I want to put out there the products that you can read about and go, I, I trust that. So the blog is rockandrolldog.com. We do have an app and that's, uh, you'll go to uh, yap.us, Y-A-P-P.us and just search for Vegas Rock Dog Radio. And we're on iTunes and we're also on iHeartRadio. And uh, that's a big one for us because most people have um, that app. And it's a, it's a great app. You can listen at your own leisure. And we all seem to enjoy listening and watching our entertainment at our own leisure these days. Um, this is quite interesting. Oh, well, you know what? What we did last night, I just want to do a, a little shout out to my friend Will Edwards. He is, um, he's like a media mogul, isn't he, Jim, in Vegas? He is a mogul. Mogul fits him. Mogul's That's a good, good for word. him, yeah. Will I the mogul. I should have done that in my speech last night. So it was his second anniversary. Wasn't Genghis Khan a mogul? I don't know, was he? No, he's a mongol. He was a mongol. <laughs> <gasps> oh, oh, we were in Bath and Body Works this week. <laughs> Speaking of mongols. 
speaking of people from Mongolia, so we're checking out. I'm asking them if they've got a uh, if they have a charitable division for the company because, of course, you know I raise a lot of money for animal rescue. And this in guy, walks in walks a, guy, a Sherpa, a sh- yeah, from Mongolia, and um, he's got the furry hat on and everything. Oh, very old guy, and he's got a wok under his arm. He's got a wok and a knitted hat. And, uh, no, it wasn't knitted. It was what? It was fur. Oh, it was a furry. It was hat. big. It was. <laughs> and he looked windburned, like he was like climbing the Himalayas. Yes, or he did. He looked very weathered and leathered. And he'd come in, and he had this wok under his arm. Oh my gosh, my friends think I make these stories up. And he was asking if they was if they sold nail scrubbing brushes. Uh, <laughs> nail scrubbing drills, the, it, it was, the ones the powered ones. <laughs> it was just this. <laughs> I'm like, it's bound to happen to me. It always does, anyway. So I um, so back to the Will Edwards a mogul story. Uh, Will is a talk show host. Uh, he's he does a lot of podcasting. He's got a co- two comedy series, and the the one that's been going the longest is the We Funny comedy series downtown in Las Vegas. And it was his second anniversary last night. And what he did not know is it asked us some of his closest friends to come by, surprise him after the show, come up on stage and actually do a little speech um, about what he means to them as a friend. Well, of course, I pulled out some funny stories about Will. And it was absolutely lovely. He's a very humble guy. So I'm sure he was going, did I really deserve this? But it was wonderful. So we were very happy about that. And then after that, we were starving. So we went into a, a creepy little casino near where we live which I'm not a fan of. I don't want to go in and smell cigarettes. I just said to Jim, oh, welcome to the Ashtray Casino. It was gross in there, but it was late and we were starving. And there was a guy next to us on a slot machine. Well, not not a traditional one because they're not traditional anymore. Hitting the buttons, yeah, like a woodpecker. Just tap, 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 tap. And it made me insane. Because one, I can't stand tapping. Can I, Jim? It's, oh, I can't stand finger tapping. And, and rasp, yep, that's it. And the that I can't stand. But oh, and he wasn't even looking at his machine. He was just tapping. that was good tapping. It was good. That's ta- because I had Foley training at Universal Studios. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's how it sounded. But rapid fire like a flipping woodpecker, and it was so annoying. I can't even tell you. It was so annoying. I couldn't take it enough, Jim. Now that's getting on my nerves. Let's not, let's not, let's not. Go re- ahead, let the audience see you shouting it. Let's me. not relive it. Let's not relive let it. Let the audience see that. But he wasn't even looking at the the um, the machine. Because he was skilled. He, he was probably addicted, that's what I think. Okay, this is a big month, by the way. Uh, there are a lot of pet holidays, a lot of pet holidays, and um, each month there's a bunch of them. And there, here's what's happening in January. It is actually National Train Your Dog Month. I will be on Fox 5 in Vegas on Monday talking about my top tips when it comes to actually training your pets. So if you get a chance in your local, tune on in, and then we'll also put the link up on our blog as well. Um, so it's National Train Your Dog Month. It's not, oh, we only train our dogs in January. <laughs> It's to bring awareness to that. And uh, it's Walk Your Pet Month, which I think is perfect since it's January and everybody's consumed a lot of calories over the uh, holiday period. It's also Adopt a Rescue Bird Month. Birds don't get much attention. I didn't know birds got rescued. What do they get rescued from? Oh, you didn't know that? Parrots. Parrots in particular, because they live so long, often their owners die before they do. And yeah, they do have to be rescued. Um, now there's also Jim's going to love this one since we're still talking about birds there's actually bald eagle appreciation days hmm. and what? that is January, January 21st to the 22nd well, hum, to you <laughs> I have been to the Raptor Center in Alaska so have I I was several, with you several times I was with you oh I was there more than you you forgot I was there hmm. that's sad that's as sad as yeah there is a, there is the the Raptor Center that's love- one of that's one of the like most long running, long standing uh, wild animal rehabilitation and uh, sanctuaries, really? yeah, that have ever been going. Yeah, well, they they were taking that stuff seriously in the eighties. It's funny because I you still have people now that think it's very strange that you would help animals. So you know, rewind back to the eighties. I'm sure people thought that was absolutely crazy. A lot of people were very. Not just not in tune with animals and uh, didn't don't value them, and people still value them, you know, way below human beings. I'm thinking, you know, everything's living and breathing. So, uh, do we really need to do that? 
We can just say that they're equally as important. I believe I believe that. Don't you? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. With you. Well, here are some specific uh, holidays. Some of them have already passed. Um, what date are we on today? 14? I believe so. Yes. Yes, yes we It are. was Friday the 13th and it looked like a full moon. It did. And my car has three sixes in the license plate number. By choice. <laughs> well, that's what they had left when I was at the DMV. <laughs> of course they had that one left. <laughs> no one wants to take it. Today, actually, is National Dress Up Your Pet Day. And it's a little bit chilly here in Vegas. So uh, if we go out today, they'll be wearing coats or little sweaters because they're used to the heat, my babies. Appreciate a Dragon Day. Dragons aren't real. Stop it. Jim. The Komodo dragon. Oh. Do, you, do you appreciate the Komodo dragon? Or what did the, the stink in English when they were going on crusades and, and tooling all over the earth and they just go, oh, and I slayed a dragon I while I was away. Dragon. Who's not going to believe you? They weren't there. Puff the magic dragon. Oh my gosh, that just made me laugh. That's why my brain went straight to a fictional drag, a fictional dragon. That's ridiculous. How about this though? Winnie the Pooh day. Winnie the Pooh's real. That that's coming up on sure the eighteenth. Penguin Awareness Day. Oh, this is my favorite. Squirrel Appreciation Day. You need to appreciate squirrels, Jim. You think I'm making them up? I'm not going to make any comment about that one. And then there's National Answer Your Cat's Question Day. What? So your cat asks you something? And then there's Change Your Pet's Life Day. I'm all about that one. That's January 24th. And then (laughs) there's the Rattlesnake Roundup. That's in Texas. They do that annually. And what? Do they kill them? No, this is supposed to be holidays you celebrate. Well, you don't don't want to talk about that one then. But a Roundup can also be... It's not. Bloggers use Roundups all the time. They round, uh. they round them up. They milk them. I believe. How they can get this the be a day to celebrate? Are you kidding me? I believe there's 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 good and bad along with that one. National pet holidays and observances. Uh. Oh, I'm not into that. Not happy about that at all. Here's the here's the interesting thing. Well, the good thing actually about these these national days and recognition days is that bloggers will write about these topics so you get to learn a lot about squirrels and penguins and uh, see who's changing a pet's life um, on save a pet change a pet's life day so you go there you go there's some bonuses to that I'm disturbed about the rattlesnakes and we've had we've had some personal experience with rattle but not rattlesnakes with snakes in the house but we never would kill one goodness me well Jim I think we should take a break Yes, let's listen to some words from our sponsors. I'm going to be right back. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Pet Scene Magazine is dedicated to Las Vegas pets and the people who love them. It's a source of news and information for pet lovers, as well as offering valuable coupons and specials on pet products and services. Find them online at www.lvpetscene.com or look for them on Facebook. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Welcome back, everyone. So let's get on to some more topics here. Uh, I really liked this this little news piece, and this is um, out of Arizona. A senior care facility allows its residents to care for kittens. Uh, the photographs were wonderful to see how happy it made the residents. But here's the thing. It gives them a renewed sense of purpose. It has made them so much happier. The photos just just tell you the whole story really and it also helps when it comes to remembering the past they said once they were holding these kittens they seemed to have better memory um recollection is that the right word recall 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 and uh, one patient with alzheimer's and parkinson's who had given up speaking entirely he started speaking again and he would pick up the kittens they said one in each hand and say come on we're going for a walk so I think that's incredible. And I wonder if there are any studies that have been done on caring and nurturing and improving memory and well-being when, you know, when you are caring for an animal in, you know, in those latter years of your life. Isn't that lovely, though? It is. I've seen it when people have given baby dolls that look like lifelike babies to uh, residents of senior care to facilities. Dogs? No, to, oh. to residents of senior yeah, care they, facilities. They... And it just seems to bring them alive. Well, it's like the pet programs they have in prisons, too, are very popular in the same way that, you know, how do you not, 
turn that that one side of yourself on when you have to care for something. Yeah, it's, I, I thought it was a lovely story, absolutely lovely story. Come to something not so lovely: anal sac disorders in dogs. This I picked up from Pet MD. Dogs have um, anal sacs on either side of the anus. Oh my god! I just now realized that that's what you said earlier in the show. What did you think I said? No, you did not. You thought I said... That's what it sounded like because you said it so fast. And I'll bet you there's a bunch of listeners that were thinking this very same thing (laughs) I was. And I'm not even going to say what it was. I did not say S-E-X. How many listeners heard that? How many listeners thought she said that because she was rapid fire speaking that? Oh, my God. That's why I kept my mouth shut. I didn't know what to say. (laughs) And then he said, that's gross. And I thought, well, he's overreacting a little bit, isn't he? Now I know. (laughs) Holy cow. Stop. What's wrong with you? It's you. It's the way you said it. You've been married to me for a long time. How how do you not understand what I'm saying? Do you not speak English? (laughs) Not yours, obviously. (laughs) So let's clear it up. Anal sex. S-A-C-S. Why don't you say sax? It sounds the same. Sorry. And the sax on the bottom. No. Sax on the bottom. That's what they're called. Anal glands. Yeah? So dogs have anal sex. (laughs) Stop it. You're not even funny now. I can't believe you. I'm embarrassed. Every time I say it, it's going to be a nightmare. Dogs have anal sacs either side of the anus, which fill with fluid produced by the anal glands. Okay, now now we know what we're talking about. This fluid is assumed to be a scent marker useful for delineating territory. And anal sac disorders involve impacting of anal sac fluid, inflammation of the sacs, and abscess of the sacs, Ooh, which can lead to anal gland rupture. Impaction is the most common disorder of the anal glands, and small breeds like miniature poodles, toy poodles, and chihuahuas are more predisposed than other breeds. So there are some symptoms and some types. And so you'll, if you think there's a problem, you might see scooting, straining to, to poop, itching and scratching, uh, chasing their tail because it's bothering them, uh, discharge from the anal glands and licking and biting around the anus. And there are some causes, known and unknown. There's a bunch that they don't know why it even happens, but there's a possible predisposition disposing factors chronically soft feces recent bouts of diarrhea excessive glandular secretions poor anal muscle tone retained secretions and so here's the diagnosis and your vet will will probably complete a uh, uh, conduct a complete physical exam on your dog if you feel like you've got a problem going on there um, taking into account the background history of symptoms and possible incidents that might have precipitated precipitated this condition. And you will need to give uh, a thorough history of your dog's health, onset of symptoms and possible incidents that might have led to this condition. Your veterinarian will order a blood chemical profile, a complete blood count, an electrolyte panel and a ur- ur- urinal Urinal. No, you're you're right. Your analysis. Your analysis. Your analysis. Oh, my God. <laughs> so stop, stop. <laughs> to rule out other causes of, of disease. I always have these big words. They're big words. I tackle them though. The sacs are considered enlarged if during the phys- physical exam the anal sacs are easy palpable. And the normal clear or pale yellow-brown secretion will have turned to a thick, pasty brown fluid if the anal glands have been impacted. Abscess anal sacs will have a red-brown exude it and show signs of swelling and redness. The anal sacs may also be clearly ruptured. The anal sac, the anal sac exudate will be sent to a lab for culture and sensitivity testing. So how do we treat it? Uh, your vet will express the contents of the anal sacs, and sometimes that happens naturally. And it is on a level of skunk smell, isn't it? It's yeah. it's a smell that it's happened in the car. Oh, it's you happened can't in the house. get it off you. It, sometimes a fear or a big scare starts them to do that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, but they'll express the contents of the anal sacs if they're not already ruptured. The abscess anal sacs will be opened in order to allow drainage, and they will then be clean and flushed, and antibiotics will be infused into them. If your dog is suffering from chronic anal sac infection, the anal sacs may need to be surgically removed. Oh, however, if your dog is suffering from severe fistulation, which is abnormal openings in the anal sacs, it may benefit from oral cyclosporine therapy. 
So how do you live with it? How do you manage it? Uh, your veterinarian will schedule a follow-up appointment three to seven days after diagnosing and beginning treatment for your dog. Your veterinarian will schedule subsequent follow-up appointments as necessary to treat your dog's condition. And if your dog is constantly licking its anus after treatment, you will need to ask your vet for an Elizabethan collar to prevent the dog from reaching its bum bum. Also, contact your vet for further treatment if the anal glands continue to drain after a few days of treatment or if they appear to be red and swollen. Now, I'm going to say diet has probably got something to do with this because if you've yeah. constantly got um, diarrhea, if your dog's got constant diarrhea or soft stool, it could be that it could be diet as well. So I would definitely take a look at that. Why does it have to be Elizabethan collar? Why does it always have to be something English? Because we invented everything. You invented the dog collar. Now. We invented. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what, Jim? You'll find out and then you'll prove me wrong. I will do my research because I'm very good at my research, aren't I? Yeah, Queen Elizabeth invented the dog collar, so it was named after her. <laughs> hey, we created the, the uh, lap dog because back in those times, a lot of people had fleas. Actually, most people had fleas. So they then adopted putting dogs on their laps so the fleas would stay on the dogs and not on them. I can't imagine... I can't imagine people were super clean back then. <laughs> the English? Oh, they must have been. They must have invented <laughs> cleanliness. I'm sure at some point we invented soap because we couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> oh, when you think about all those undergarments, they probably put them on and, and all the layers and the dresses and the corsets. And we're like, oh, forget that. Yes. Like, oh, forget that. I'm not taking all this off. I'll do it next week. I think there's something to that as well, though. I think that was the case. Oh, how gross. Well, you know, I know people that don't wear deodorant, but you have to go through a transition period if you've been used to wearing it. But once you stop using deodorant, you kind of stop smelling. You do? Mm. Huh. That's what my people, friends that don't wear deodorant say. Yeah. Do they smell? No, I haven't gotten that close. <laughs> Sometimes I forget to put deodorant on and I get through a day without smelling. <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't been using, you know, we've been using the natural mineral crystals. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's another thing. So, and that's a transition too, because if you go from traditional deodorant to that, then you have uh, a little period where you smell different. Then. Yes, I will say that. You know what? Let's take another quick break because I've got a fairly big article coming up. And uh, it's actually something that really concerns me. I'm sure it will concern you and many of our listeners. And uh, I picked this up from... Oh, fant- I mean, a fantastic woman. Uh, her name is Susan Thixton. She um, started Pet Food Safety. Um, pet- no, she's truthaboutpetfood.com. And I want to tell you a little bit about her after the break. And uh, I just love the fact that this is what she does and she's on it. So uh, we're going to come back and talk about a big thing that happened in the veterinarian world. All right, Jim. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. With me, Sam, your host. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite and Licko Chops. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite for your dog this week. We'll send you a bottle of Licko Chops free. New, improved Licko Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E. And now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Licko Chops. Free this week at Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Welcome back, everyone. Talking about Elizabethan collars, which they used to call them. Here we go. And, they, and then it, it was shortened to e-collars for dogs, yeah, which is basically the cone. It was created by a man called Edward J. Schilling, but it doesn't say where he's from. So I have to do a little bit more, more research. This was in the 1930s, Jim. Edward J. Schilling. Yeah, sounds very um, British guess to where me. that's going. Sounds very British to me. <laughs> and it, originally these were inflatable. Inflatable. It's funny because we forget about the inflatable. It started in, with inflatables and people know them as tra- traditional cone and then the inflatables came on. People, that's genius. Well, actually, no. Old Edward, he invented that first anyway in the in the 30s. But I, I need to find out where he's from. Where's the guy from? Um, nope. There we go. We'll find out. We'll figure it out because I have to get to the bottom of it. I can't stand it when I don't have the answer. Ah. Uh, now, I, I think there's a lot of answers, uh, questions that have gone unanswered with this particular thing. And this is concerning the uh, pet industry monopoly. No one likes a monopoly because uh, no one likes a monopoly. <laughs> and um, Susan Thixton, she created this website called truthaboutpetfood.com. She unfortunately was one of those people who lost a pet to that terrible, terrible, um, what was the product, uh, what was the, um, in the pet food that killed all those pets and made them really sick? Melamine. That's right, there you the, go. The, the chemical and it melamine. And it was quite a few years ago, and unfortunately, she was one of those people, and she went out and decided, no, we are going to put the truth out there about pet food. Now, she is currently in the documentary Pet Fooled, F-O-O-L-E-D. It launched four days ago. I had Cole Harrington on the show. He was the director of Petfold. You can go to petfold.com and you can find out how you can watch this documentary. And if you, first of all, if you feed kibble, go and watch that documentary. Go and watch it. But it tells you about the industry itself, how it's regulated or not regulated or not well regulated, uh, what the governing bodies are when it comes to, to food, USDA, AFCO, and those kind of people. It also shows you how it's manufactured and what they use to manufacture it. And there's just a lot of tentacles to this this whole uh, pet food industry. It's massive, $61 billion business, huge, as you can imagine. And there's some uh, absolute amazing, absolutely amazing experts in this documentary, Dr. Karen Becker is one of them. Susan Thixton makes makes uh, an appearance in there, and uh, they're on they're onto this. You know, they're they're always researching, they're always reading, and so it's worth actually following them so that you can keep up to date as well. And of course, we bring you the news here as well on the show. So this is what happened this week, and this is this came directly from her website. Uh, it's concerning pet industry monopoly Mars. Now we all know who Mars is, yeah? Correct. Mars makes what, Jim? Just about everything in the in the industrial commercial pet business. There, I mean, they they are the conglomerate. Sweets, candy, chocolate. They're not really in the healthy category. Put it that way. Big big company. You know, they're based here locally too. I know well, they one are. Of, one of their branches of yeah. the company was actually created here by the namesake. Yeah, Ethelm. And M stands for Mars, and they have a an, actually a very nice chocolate factory here. Well, they do a lot of good things for the community. Yeah, out they of, do. Out of the local organization here in Henderson. But here we go. Here's the the big thing: the privately owned largest manufacturer of pet food in the world just purchased a second chain of veterinary hospitals, staging them as the largest owner of veterinary hospitals in North America. Is this a monopoly, and how will it affect pet owners? I know exactly how it's going to affect them. So Bloomberg Business Week just published a scathing story about this the corp- corporatization of veterinary medicine, outing some serious concerns of the two largest veterinary chains, Banfield, which is owned by Mars, in case you already didn't know that, and the VCA, in case you didn't know that. Uh, I know from the very beginning, we got a very, very first dog. We did the VCA. It was close to our house and we very quickly left because we soon figured out how they operate. But days after the story, the announcement was made that Mars had purchased VCA veterinary clinics when the 70 billion with a B, not a million, billion deal 
gosh, that's a big number, is done. Mars will not only be the largest manufacturer of pet food in the world, they will also be the owner of the two largest chains of veterinary clinics, along with one of the largest veterinary laboratory, laboratory? Labs. Yeah, chains. That's what we say. I say that. I have to translate to the non-English. That even non-corporate vet clinics use. Investopedia.com. It's an interesting website name. Explains a monopoly is a market containing a single firm that has or is close to total control of the sector. We know about that. We only have one power company here in Vegas. Essentially, yeah, we do. We, we, we don't have no choices. Uh, they continue with a large market share. Companies use pricing power to create an unfair market. How much control does Mars have? And in pet food, they own. In case you didn't know this, there aren't many pet manufacturers, pet food manu- manufacturers. They manufacture many, many foods. Caesar, uh, Ukanuba, Ukanuba, yeah, Iams, Na- uh, Natura Brands, California Natural, Evo, Pedigree, Royal Canin, Sheba, Temptations, Whiskers, and over $17 billion in pet food sales in 2015. Yeah, oh, wow. they're absorbing a lot of the mom and pop, the uh, exclusive kinds of food companies too, aren't they? I don't, I don't think so. Hmm. Did they get... Uh, um not Flanders, what are they called? Evan- Evangers? I don't know. There might have been, a, have been a sale, but here's the worry with that. You then go, oh, so ingredients going to change because they can, you know, they can put cheap ingredients in. That That's the biggest thing that happens with those kind of situations. They also own 1,000 Bamfield and Blue Pill Vet Clinics. And with their new addition of VCA, this adds up to another 750 hospitals under their control. With the VCA purchase, Mars also gains control of Antec Diagnostics, the industry's biggest lab. Antec does blood work and other tests for more than half of the country's animal hospitals. Wow. Do human food corporations own similar monopolies with human medical clinics? No. There are laws that prevent corporations from owning medical clinics and hospitals. But like many things pet-related, the industry is provided a workaround for the, around the laws. From Bloomberg.com, uh, regarding corporations owning vet offices, they said this is all happening despite laws in most states banning corporations from owning vet practices. As old-fashioned as it may sound, the idea behind the laws was that doctors employed by corporations might have a harder time exercising independent judgment on behalf of patients. Commercial interests could intrude. Nonetheless, there's a reason states allow complicated ownership structures called management service agreements. That get around that uh, that gets around these laws. It's what the doctors want. When it's time to retire, vets expect to be able to sell their practices at the highest possible price. And these days, that typically means selling to a corporation. The statement of doctors employed by Corporations might have a harder time exercising independent judgment on behalf of patients is almost word for word a complaint of one veterinarian whose Banfield clinic was taken away from him. Dr. John Robb's story, and it's featured on Bloomberg.com, is suing Banfield slash Mars for stealing his clinic. One of the claims Mars is is attacking this veterinarian over is his admission of giving small dogs half-dosage vaccinations you see there you go this is where this is where it gets scary today vaccines are the only pet medication that aren't scaled to body weight whether it's a 120 pound great dane or a three pound chihuahua it's a one size fits all that is very very dangerous and scary and i think irresponsible dr rob disagreed with this one size fits all banfield protocol and claims banfield mars took his clinic away from him because of it and it seems banfield mars has done the same to many others since Mars purchased the Banfield clinics, the number of veterinarian-owned franchise clinics went from 205 to fewer than 10 today, leaving behind a lot of angry veterinarians. Now, Banfield veterinarians, and you'll find them in the... They're in Pet Smarts? Well, I don't know. They're... I thought... Old Pet Co's, or both. They're, they're moving out of one of those stores, I believe. They are? I thought I, thought I saw something that they were moving out. Um... Well, they wouldn't. Well, I, I don't know. We'll find out. But you'll usually find them in a pet co-op, pet smart. I'm not sure which one. It could be both. I can't quite remember. Um, Banfield Veterinary Clinics depend on slash work from a software program called Petware. That guide 
that guide, uh, guides veterinarians through the process of diagnosing medical problems and prescribing care. An example provided from Petware was, the book shows a checklist of therapies for a dog with atopic dermatitis or itchy skin. Doctors are encouraged to recommend a biopsy, analgesics, topical medications, antibiotics, a therapeutic dietary supplement, an allergy diet, and a flea control package. Bold added, they said. So, <laughs> you know what? I'm, you know, right away, yeah, this is crazy. You can't go by computer as well. So like, this is ridiculous. Each pet's different. Uh, they're required to recommend antihistamines, shampoos, serum allergy testing, lab work, a skin diagnostic package, and anti-inflammatories. It's a treatment course that might run $900 for symptoms that, in the best case scenario, indicate something as, as pro, uh, pro, prosaic as fleas. In bold print, the manual reminds doctors, you cannot change items that were initially marked required. They must remain required. Oh, it's making me crazy, this. I'm so glad that we're talking about this, though. In other words, veterinarians at these corporate-owned clinics cannot stray from company treatment protocol. They cannot think for themselves or provide treatment for a particular pet that should not follow corporate, corporate treatment protocol, such as this vaccine issue. And now... Thanks to more laws that are not enforced with regards to our pets, Mars will own even more veterinary clinics and quite concerning the nation's largest vet lab. All pushing a reported one-size-fits-all treatment plan that could cost an unknowing pet owners thousands of dollars in additional fees. Not only that, that's a lot to load onto a pet. That's a lot to load onto a pet. And again, are we well, getting? We've got firsthand experience with. Uh, yeah, we that, did with that system. Yes, that took place. Yes, we did. It and took us years to yeah, overcome it. It did, and and going to a holistic vet who doesn't believe in a one size fits all looks at the individual pet actually changed a life. Where my dog does not have to itch constantly all day, and you could tell out how uncomfortable my poor dog was. And sometimes she get infections, and she was always in pajamas because it was the only way I could kind of protect her skin a little bit. And always on possibly toxic or steroid options. Oh, and- well, we stopped the whole, like, no, don't be prescribing steroids to us. Do not prescribe a topica to us. Because once I read up about that, it said it's a known carcinogen. I was mortified, absolutely mortified. And again, we weren't getting to the root of the problem. But often when you get to the root of the problem, you don't make as much money, do you? So there you go. So the um, they have... Uh, the the corporation boasts the five principles the company follows, quoting two of the five in the here that are two. We use resources to the full, waste nothing, and do only what we can do best. We need freedom to shape our future. We need profit to remain free. We need profit to remain free. Wow, this sounds like a cult. <laughs> waste nothing comes to mind when you're thinking about pet food. Waste is a mainstay ingredient in many pet foods, including some of the Mars products. Waste that violates federal and state laws, but allowed by the FDA. And with their principle of we need profit to remain free, I think of pet food and now thousands of Mars-owned veterinary clinics. Does that mean profit to remain free? Go to law officials to ensure they and others are free from enforcement? It's very interesting. Uh, this is all in the article. It does make you wonder. Be wary, pet owners, it says in this article. One more excerpt from the Bloom. Bloomberg article says the individual ownership of veterinary hospitals in America. It's got one more generation, said Bill Folger, a former board member of the American Association of Feline Feline Practitioners, Um, maybe two generations away. This is truly frightening to consider. Please share the Bloomberg.com story with every pet owner you know. Everyone should be alerted to the many concerns of corporate veterinary medicine. Do we want a future of corporate-owned veterinarians? If not, we all need to be aware now and stop supporting Big Vet. And there's a, there's a link. This link we're going to put right up on Facebook for you. And uh, at the end, it says, wishing you and your pets the best. And that's Susan Thixton. That's a very good article. As I say, this is someone who's been on this these kind of cases for a very, very long time. And I do recommend that you go to her website, truthaboutpetfood.com. And I think she may have an email alert system on there if there's recalls and those kind of things, and you'll get them in your inbox immediately. And um, wow, that does not feel good to me. I'm, I'm confident because I have a, we have a fantastic veterinarian and it's a private practice. And, and, I, and our own experience is 100% fantastic i mean really really is we had the fire vets we were oh we fired two vets yeah because 
for as long as we've been dog owners, what, 11 and a half years now, mm-hmm. we had to go through a long learning process. Yes, like everybody we, else. We learned, you know, there was baby steps one at a time to where we got to where we are with uh, with the care. Yeah, and it's, uh, as I say, I research every single day, every single day. And this is probably one of the most valuable articles I came across. And it has me very concerned. And at the end of the day, if you're going to spend $900 on allergies at a corporate veterinarian, go to a private veterinarian. You'll probably pay a lot less and you'll fix your problem, in all honesty, in all honesty. Uh, it's, uh, it's very, very concerning. I think it comes on the heels of... Uh, Pet Fool, the documentary, because, again, Mars is a big part of that as well. And, uh, you know, you can get to read this stuff, you can get to watch this stuff, and then you you can make your own decisions. I'm sure you will be mortified by some of the things that you read and that you, you watch. But you get to then be super informed and make make the right decision. Uh, a lot of people were very very upset when they watched it. Felt very guilty. Feel like felt like they they should have known that certain foods were not good, and they didn't know that corn was bad, and they didn't know that uh, diseased animals were you know put in pet food and it's not very well regulated or re- not regulated at all. And the, the, we all have to start somewhere. I mean, we did, and you know, I look back now and I'm like, oh. It's scary what little we knew, but mm. there's so many great resources resources out there, and of course we're going to be one of them for you to bring it to you. But yeah, petfood.com and then the truth about petfood.com as well. I highly recommend you um, follow both of them. Uh, as I said last week, and I've been saying ever since I interviewed Cole, I said this movie, this documentary, petfood.com, is going to be the blackfish of the pet food industry. It's going to be the one movie that blows it all up and everybody goes, oh my gosh, I didn't realize the money that went into marketing and how we've been fooled because we do shop with our eyes, don't we? We we do like a lovely package and it looks like fresh fruits and veg and fresh meat and and it's not what you're getting in many, many of these pet foods. So uh, you'll no longer be pet fooled. Um, You know, what can we hope for? We can hope that because people know more that They'll uh, expect more yes. from the manufacturer. Yes, the the manufacturer will have to rise to the demand. Well, yeah. Well, this is this is what this is why these small companies, you know, like your Honest Kitchens and um, Grandma Lucy's, these are why they're doing very very well. Now, the great thing for them is. The bigger they get, I'm sure their price points can probably come down. They're not the cheapest, I'll be honest with you. But yeah, you you do pay. You do I get what you... something breaking, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. What's breaking? Did you know that today is National Dress Up Your Pet Day? Yeah, I already said that. When did you say that? When I was dealing with my technical issues. Why are we all laughing about Squirrel Appreciation Day? Oh, I was fixing my technical issues. <laughs> I got the breaking news. It broke to me later than it broke to you. I broke it. I broke it. And you forgot I broke the news. Well, oh. I, I, I did have a technical emergency today. I know you did. Oh, my gosh. We're scary when you're live on the air. You know? I know. But we just try and roll with it a little bit, don't we, Jim? We do. That's why I like live radio and I love live TV. Love it. Uh, it's just very exciting. You never know what's going to happen. Um, what was I going to say? Um Yes, so everybody's catching on to that right now. Yes, so. they are, and I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of pet food companies that are not very happy with uh, with Cole Harrington, and he, the how the catalyst for him doing this documentary was his friend's dog, who had terrible terrible skin allergy, and it was their groomer that said, "Hey, you might want to look for a food that doesn't have grains in it. You know, it probably doesn't need grains." And uh, sure enough, it made a change. And they thought, well, why would anybody put grains in pet food if it makes them itch and it causes issues? And that's exactly how this started out. So I think it's wonderful. He found the right people to have on his documentary, the the leaders in in the pet world. And it's uh, I've been very, very excited. I've been excited and enjoyed seeing it blow up and people go, wow. And so I think this is going to be the year of of pet nutrition, wanting to learn more, doing better and healthier pets. That's what I think we're going to see. So that's a great thing, a really great thing. Well, um, I just want to talk about catnip before we go. Yeah. That was a segue. left turn. It was a left turn. <laughs> it was a clean break. It wasn't a segue. Oh, yeah, I didn't segue. It's just like cats. Here we go, catnip. Uh, how do you choose the best catnip? 
And I picked this up from Cat Obsessed, of course, catobsessed.com. And Annie Cooper wrote this. And your cats will love you for it. If you haven't tried catnip on your cats, you're both in for a treat. Really? Nowadays, cat owners are pampering their pets more than ever. We want them to experience the world and broaden their mind. What better way to do this than to give your pet a little natural high? Catnip is said to produce feelings of euphoria and relaxation in cats. And for humans, it's just very amusing to watch them. Uh, react to catnip. Do you remember that catnip we sent to, sent to my sister Shabon? It was like a pepper grinder. Cat crack. Cat, no, what was it called? Cat cocaine. No, but it was something on that yeah. on those lines, it was like, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like a pepper mill. No, it was like a dope, like cat dope or cat. Oh, what was it called? And I sent that to her. She goes, I don't know what kind of catnip that was. <laughs> my cats went nuts and loved it. So uh, I wish I could remember what it was called. It was another. It was another word. I think. It's all catnip safe. Well, I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out through this article. Uh, that was the very next part of the article. It all sounds very good, but is it safe? And uh, she's done her research and she's come up with real facts about catnip. Scientists have actually written research papers on this. Amazing! And read on to learn what a catnip trick trip a catnip trip is like for your cat, whether you are. Uh, there are long-term side effects and how to choose the best catnip for your pet. What exactly is catnip? Well, it's a common name for Nepeta cataria, a herb related to mint and oregano. You may also... What? Oregano. Stop. Just stop. Oregano. People are not going to know what you're saying. Okay. The Americans won't. I think they'll get the gist. I'm sure they'll get the gist. Uh, you may also hear it called cat's wart or cat mint, as in probably obvious the name comes from its ability to attract cats. Catnip is native to parts of Europe, Asia, and Middle East. However, it is now widely spread across North America and Canada. The plant can grow up to 100 centimeters tall and looks quite similar um, through the foliage, is, and it can be sort of brownish green. It produces small white flowers with pale pink or purple spots. Although it's easy to find catnip um, growing wild on the side of the road, you shouldn't pick it there and use it on your cats. It's most likely contaminated harmful chemicals. What does catnip do to cats? Well, the chemical in catnip, which is just catnip, catnip, which is responsible for its cat attractant. Gosh, it's a, it's a tongue twister this morning. For its cat attractant properties is nepotalactone. Cats mistake, mistake it for a feline pheromone. Okay, this makes sense now. Pheromones are odors which influence cats' behavior and are used for communication. And it's released from both fresh and dried catnip. When they smell it, it binds into their olfactory receptors and triggers a behavioral response. You should notice some or all of the following reactions when your cat sniffs the cat's catnip. Gosh. Uh, sniffing, licking, chewing and drooling, purring, chin and cheek rubbing, rolling and rubbing your body, running, darting around, meowing. But they said that's kind of rare. These symptoms last for about 5 to 15 minutes before the cat adapts to the smell and it loses its power. Your cat may crash after this session and need to nap and maybe have a snack. I don't know. There's a refractory period of about an hour before catnip will work again on your cat. Now, that's interesting. Not all cats are susceptible to catnip. However, it's estimated that up to 75% of the so-called catnip gene. There's no correlation with your cat's breed or color. And if your cat is younger than six months, you'll need to wait until he's fully grown to try catnip on him. That's that's an important fact. So you can wait till they're at least six months old. It doesn't work before on, you introduce them to drugs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, don't and, let your kids smoke. And if you it do. doesn't work on kittens at all. So they say no to catnip. Um, is catnip good for cats? Um, as I explained, the physical response your cat has to catnip, but it is actually enjoyable for him. Is it actually enjoyable for him? If a human started rolling around and drooling after sniffing a strange herb, we'd probably send them to the hospital. However, when our cats do this, we just watch on in amusement. Is catnip good or bad for cats? It's assumed that catnip provokes euphoric, relaxed feelings. There's a small connection with sexual arousal too. However, even neutered cats can enjoy catnip. There's also evidence that some cats experience hallucinations on catnip, causing them to meow and chase things that we can't see. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Since while cats actively seek out the source of catnip scent and return daily to eat and roll in the plant, we can presume that they are having a good experience. One study on the long-term effects of catnip ingestion showed no damage, so you're unlikely to do any harm by getting your cat high occasionally. Qualities of good catnip. I guess that's a really important factor. 
Not all catnip is created equal. It's no wonder people are going nuts over new artisanal catnip brands. Organically grown, potent cultivated strains, flower top harvested and naturally dried. What does it all mean? Here's what you should be looking for. Fresh, dried or liquid is the question. Catnip can be used in either the fresh or dried leaf form or in a liquid. There isn't much difference in, and that's a spray by the way, there isn't much difference in potency between the three. The best catnip to buy depends on how you want to use it. Sounds like catnip should be like, you know. Regulated. Now, now that we have legal marijuana in dispensaries in Nevada. Catnip maybe they, dispensary. Maybe they should dispense. <laughs> you know what? If I was to open a catnip business, I would call it the catnip dispensary. That's what I would call it. Someone's going to steal that idea, but I'm, I have no time to start a catnip dispensary. Um, many companies, <laughs> many companies, uh, Separate the catnip flowers and leaves from the stems and seeds as they have the highest concentration of nepetal, nepetalactone, nepetalactone. So dried can be even stronger than fresh and, and the time of harvesting and drying techniques also matter. Liquid forms are extracted from the leaves and buds and also have a high concentration. Age and storage conditions. Uh, catnip lo- does lose its potency over time. The vapor containing the uh, chemical evaporates and you should be able to smell the herbal aroma of good catnip. There's no smell. It's most, most unlikely useless. Get rid of it. How long does catnip last in a toy? It depends on the initial strength of the catnip and how you store it. If you don't store it carefully, it will lose its effects in about six months. And you can store catnip toys in Ziploc bags or even freeze them to prolong their life. I think you would have to rotate them. Rotate them, I think, to have them last longer. Strain and growing conditions. The initial quality of the catnip is just as important as its age. If you start out with an inferior strain, the end product will be weak. Just like other plants, growing conditions such as soil, climate, nutrition affect the health of the herb. I know that. I'm a big gardener. Maybe I'll grow some catnip for some friends, maybe. What for their cats? Um, if you find a cheap catnip, it's probably too good to be true. Unless you can smell the catnip yourself before buying. Just stick with brands that are reputable and have a good long track record of quality. Organic. We always love organic. I choose organic products, she said, where possible in my own life. So why not for my cat? I agree with her on that. Organic catnip is grown and dried without using chemical fertilizers, pesticides and other artificial chemicals. Plenty of brands use organic uh, processes these days, but I think the best organic catnip is the plant you grow yourself. There are kits which make it easy, and she explains this later on in the post. Uh, So when you do grow your own catnip, if you have a bit of a green finger, perhaps you want to grow it yourself. And the good news is that it's very easy to cultivate. For beginners, the best way to grow catnip is to get a kit. And uh, you can find one from Miracle Care. Catnip kit. Catnip kit. I like that. It has a good ring to it. It has everything you need to get started, a specially designed container to provide drainage, the appropriate soil, and best catnip seeds. All you really have to do is place it in a warm, well-lit spot out of direct sunlight and water every two weeks or so. And if you want to some of your plant for store your plant for later, uh, some of some of the leaves and stuff, the best time is to harvest catnip is when it's flowering. This is the point when uh, the chemical concentration is high. The best way to dry catnip is to simply hang it. Cut the stems of leaves and flowers and hang a bundle upside down in a cool, dark place. When it's ready, it will be brittle and crumbly. Uh, and then these are the final catnip catnip tips. Catnip tips. <laughs> catnip tips. Here we go. So, catnip tips. If your cat becomes desensitized to catnip, too much of a good thing can happen. Stop using catnip for a while. Give them a break. Put it away. And when playtime is finished, bring them out again after a few days. Don't put out a large amount of dried catnip for your pet. About half a teaspoon is enough. And although catnip is safe to eat, if your cat consumes a large amount, he will get sleepy. If he accidentally gets in the giant overdoses, he could end up with diarrhea. Uh, store your loose catnip in an airtight jar. Ziploc bags also work, but make sure you keep them out of reach of your pet because <laughs> it will definitely tear through the bag if given the opportunity. I think it's a very, very good article on catnip, and I really am liking the idea of growing it. I really, really am. So um, there you go. Well, that was a jam-packed show, Jim, as usual. We always put a ton of information in. And uh, did you learn some things? Several. Oh, good. What was your top tip? I don't know. I, I kind of like the catnip thing. I think it was very informative. I'm okay with catnip. Very, very informative. And, and we'll and share the, these. And the issues at the bottom of the anus <laughs> was okay as well. <laughs> well, um, we'll put these links up on Facebook. 
and in case you miss any of them, and they'll be in our show notes when we actually archive the shows. So this show will reply for the next 24 hours so that you can either come back or, you know, refer for a friend to listen to the show and uh, learn some stuff about our furry friends and feathered friends. Uh, remember, you can always help an animal in need. You can either rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer, or share um, uh, an animal's information. Rescue your next family member, replace the workshop with adopt, and be kind to all animals. And Jim, we've come to the end of our show. Yay. Can you believe it? I want to thank you for listening to the show. If you are listening on, in on an archive, then use that share button. We would thoroughly appreciate that. And uh, you've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it's all about pets, people, and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Always kiss your pets. Good morning and good night. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 